Dude, True Detective Night Country sucks so bad. Yeah, did you watch the finale? Yeah, I watched it this morning. Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna say it didn't even occur to me to be like, yo, like make sure you watch this before we record. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh boy, um, You're fucking brutal. So I, I watched it all, and I didn't, um, I didn't like take notes or anything, and I'm yeah. not going to, and I <laughs> don't remember a lot of the names, uh, but yeah. um, I do have some thoughts. It was, yeah. it was something. Um, but we, I mean, should we just should we just start the show before we talk about this? Yeah, sure. Go for it. <laughs> okay. um, well, no, yeah, no, I just meant like you no. Know, sorry, like, that was awkward. There's there's like people working in the apartment upstairs. Yeah, what are they and doing? The up dude there? just dropped something like wicked fucking heavy. Oh, I heard it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right, so cool. uh, for for all of the the fans out there, yes, I apologize. The apartment is being remodeled above mine, so uh, they've been fucking going to town on that shit. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. yeah, yep. they're putting in a stripper pole. Yeah. Needless yeah. to say, Evan's gonna go up and introduce I'm be himself. Working, <laughs> working the poles. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I mean, I yeah. feel like True Detective is is we can we're gonna fill some time with that. So, yeah. uh, let's. I mean, let's just let's drop the theme music in here. Yeah. Okay. This is Evan, and we uh, we watched True Detective season four. Yeah. And I am a True Detective enjoyer. Yeah, me too. Season four. Yeah, I've enjoyed yeah. every season. I uh, need to rewatch season three because um, mm-hmm. that took place during the during the bottle days. So uh, not a lot <laughs> yeah. of memories of that. I did a lot of falling asleep during True Detective season three, uh, but <laughs> playing the sleeping game while <laughs> yeah. you're watching it. <laughs> yeah, but um, I did just recently rewatch season two. Really great, um, which got yeah. a lot of flack when it came out. Um, yeah, and season one obviously is like just is goaded. Uh, I've watched yeah. season one probably four times yeah and uh, i'm approaching 10 times yeah which is which is crazy but it's good i mean it's so good and um so here's the thing i i don't know maybe we okay so let's look at it this way because i think that a lot of the a lot of the i think okay neither evan nor i like season four of this show (laughs) um and this is a new show that's out now and you may still be watching it you may not have caught up on it uh, yeah. Because when this episode releases, the finale just happened like 12 hours ago or something. So, yeah. uh, spoiler alert, I guess. But um, yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. And yeah. uh, the first thing I think I kind of want to talk about is I've been really frustrated by the um, the discourse around the show and how quick the... Uh, Particularly the writer director of the show, uh, yeah, Lopez, I know what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> has been to like just immediately like any detractors, uh, you know, of the of the the show um, yeah. have been like just like accused of like misogyny and like yeah. oh yeah, you, like, you only right don't like it because it's yeah. got female leads and was written and directed by a woman and it's like look I'll, I'll be honest with you I didn't I didn't spend any time researching yeah. anything about this show. Prior to like the first two episodes, um, I yeah. knew that they had changed uh, writer director. I mean, Nick Pizzolatto didn't direct a lot of the episodes, but he wrote them all, and he created the show. Yeah, yeah, and, he only um, directed a few episodes in season three. Yeah, yeah. but um, 
So I knew that they were changing directions, but I don't know. I was, I, if you remember, I was excited about it tentatively, like leading up Me to too. it. Me too. Oh yeah, I was gonna give it a chance. I was excited totally. about it because like I and I, I thought and I thought loved. the trailers for it looked really good. They did, and so yeah. like I love Jodie Foster, and yeah. you know, big big Silence of the Lambs stand over here at the book yeah. and the movie, um, particularly the movie actually, because I think I've yeah. I've read the book twice and seen the movie a I've million times, book, and yeah. I think I actually it's one of the few examples of like the movie. I I almost want to say yeah. kind of improving on the atmosphere of the book, but. But um, particularly because her performance was just so great. And I love her in everything yeah. that I've ever seen her in. So, like, cool. This this rocks. Like, yeah. if you're going to make these big changes, you may as well, like, bring in the heavy hitters. You get fucking Jodie Foster. Like, mm-hmm. radical, dude. Um, yeah, and um, you know, my boy John Hawks is in it, too, mm-hmm. uh, with the worst character arc of all time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so we'll, let's, let's try to yeah. be kind of methodical about this yeah. because – I feel like sometimes when you and I start talking about movies and TV shows, yeah. we kind of just start talking about every little thing at the beginning, in the middle, and the end. Yeah. And then it's like, what the fuck did we even just talk about? So, yeah. okay. So starting, what are your thoughts on 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 the, pres- the, the issue of like online discourse surrounding the show? And like, because I found it really frustrating. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just dog shit. Like, basically, like literally after the first episode, Issa Lopez... <laughs> Uh, came out and uh, just said that uh, season one bros are review bombing uh, the show online. So if right. you've enjoyed the first episode, please go give us a positive review. It's like it, it wasn't even getting really review bombed. Like the audience score no. is like seventy percent. It's not like it, it was like like that the audience score was like plummeted down to 20 percent or something like that right and it's also i always i thought it was really funny that she said season one bros because like the like the this season is clearly trying to cape on season one right by having russ cole's dad in it yeah by having the tuttles for some reason fund a research station in the arctic just keeping Uh, it all yeah. connected right they're trying to yeah. draw those through the, the spirals and stuff like that so it's like they're clearly making a continuation of season one with this and it, it would just be funny to say actually it's the people who like season one that don't it's the fans of this show that don't like this show. well that's the thing because season like, one what? i mean regardless of regardless of your thoughts on the yeah. following seasons and i know that like season two got a lot of flack when it dropped because it was yeah. it was very different in tone and execution from season one yeah i think season two was really great i know you also mm-hmm. liked it right yeah yeah so I mean, yeah, dude, fucking Colin Farrell's goaded in it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's an amazing. He's one of my favorite actors yeah, of all time, is. and um, and that that season in general was great. I also really loved um, gosh, uh, what's the uh, the lead actress in that season? Rachel name? McAdams. Rachel McAdams, I thought was yep. good in that. Um, yep. Vince Vaughn, you know, I was a little, I was a little confused by um, yeah. not his performance so much as I, I actually feel like I had more gripes with like the way the uh-huh. character was written and then him being yeah. cast in that role. So it's not that I didn't think Vince Vaughn was like up to the task, but yeah. I it was it was weird. Like some of the dialogue felt very overwrought coming from that yeah. character and like having Vince Vaughn deliver some of it to me was like mm-hmm. a little jarring, but um anyway, still like overall really good. So yeah. you know, I, I think it's fair to say that neither Evan or I are like um so lost in the season one sauce that we've like hated every subsequent season um but i think it's fair to note that season one of that show is like hands down the best season oh yeah and and no one disagrees yeah and and like you know and i think i think there's a few reasons for that uh so season one was written entirely by nick pizzolatto and directed entirely by carrie joji fukunaga yeah who is a great director um unfortunately he got me to because he's a sex pest uh yeah. Allegedly, I guess. Um, he was uh, doing not some great stuff to uh, younger actresses on set, mm-hmm. on set. So, you know, uh, rest in piss, I guess. But um, so the and also the thing is, Nick Pizzolatto grew up in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And I think that like like he was like born and raised there. And I think that like helps make Louisiana like a character as well in season one. A hundred percent. Like, like you really get like a sense that, uh, like, like just the 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 landscapes and everything used for it absolutely like add to the tone. And totally that, and that always reminded me of. Um, it reminded me of something that Stephen King does a lot. Um, yeah. And I've grown out of my, you know, when I was thirteen, I think I was a pretty diehard King guy, but um, yeah. not so much as a as a grown up, but. 
one thing that he always did that I enjoyed was uh, not always, but in a lot of his his books uh, was he would make the setting an antagonist, right? Like yeah. The Shining is the prime example of that. Uh, yeah. Particularly in the book, uh, I think that's more delved into, but in the yeah. movie as well, um, just the general sense that like none of this would be happening if you were anywhere else. And I think mm-hmm. that that's something that was really captured in season one that makes it just so fucking atmospheric and wonderful and spooky yeah. and um yeah just all of these weird happenings going on right i mean you could, have, you could have done that mm-hmm. show in exactly the same way except mm-hmm. the setting was different and it would hit less hard yeah so like really good point and um anyway so just to bring that back like i think that to to come out and say like you know oh season one yeah. stands season one bros it's like okay that's every fan of True Detective. Because if you like this show, unless you're just getting into it now, which is fair, because I've met mm-hmm. some folks that literally like have no prior True Detective mm-hmm. experience and yeah. started with season four. And and to be to be fair to them, most yeah. of those people have been like, Oh, I I like the show. Yeah. You know, I'm interested. I want to see what happens. And it's like, cool. So one of my main gripes with it is that it feels like and it almost would have been better off, I think. If this had not had the True Detective name stamped on the front of it, and this yeah. had just been a show called Night Country, and they could have yeah. just skipped out on all the little Easter eggs, because honestly, none of them pan out to anything, right? Yeah. All the little connecting dots to season one, like, there isn't some big reveal that, like, you know, Matthew McConaughey doesn't step out of the corner of the fucking ice tunnel. So, yeah. like, <laughs> there's no need for any of it. And mm-hmm. would it still have been a, a, a shoddy show? Yes. Would there still have been mm-hmm. issues with it? But... It could have been a little more forgivable in my eyes because there were things about it I liked. Yeah. You know? Um, I think it's just that when you come at it, you're like, okay, I've got all this history with this series, and I've come to expect a certain amount of uh, follow-through with all of the little loose threads that are established early on um, Mm -hmm. in seasons of this show. Um, and obviously not all of them. I think Nick Nick Pizzolatto was always big on the idea that not everything is resolved. And I think that specifically in season two, that was like a big thing. And it left some people feeling like, you know, the rug was pulled out from under them. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm fine with that as a narrative device. But for it to be like the bulk of the fucking setup that just doesn't get resolved. That's to me, that's that's tough. Yeah, I mean, just like the writing. I mean, obviously, there were the AI posters that they used on the walls. Which in season two, they you go into like some guy's room and there's posters that were generated using an AI. Yeah, and you can tell one of them just says metal with the like Metallica logo. Yeah, except the A is like all weird and stretched out. Yeah, and then it says first live, and then two ST like two st- live second st- live. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and like also Issa Lopez said something about that too. So she said. Oh yeah, well this was really when ChatGPT was uh, uh getting really big and we all hated that. So we made these as like a joke about how much we don't like AI like that some kid in the town just made these AI posters. Sure, yeah, we all picked <coughs> up on that. Very funny. Yeah, it's just like, first of all, it's like nobody would do that. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. And second of all, it's just like so you made this like whole weird convoluted backstory on a show that is always about like like really like rewards you for like digging into the details yeah and shit um and, and you would like put like terrible AI band posters up and then say oh well and it's like in a guy's room too so she but she was like yeah some kid uh, we we just thought that like maybe some kid would have made them. Um, because he doesn't like AI. It's like, dude, yeah, what no, the fuck are you talking about? That, no, that you sounds just... like backtracking. That sounds yeah, like ret- retconning. That sounds like you got caught skimping uh, $200 or whatever for, like, sex. Yeah, to hire someone design. to make a fake band poster. Um, or they could just do the thing like the Sopranos did, where uh, Meadow Soprano has an over poster in her room. <laughs> what is it? In a C. Yeah. I, I didn't... Oh, oh, Meadow Soprano in the Sopranos in season one... Uh, like you go into her bedroom, and she has an Over poster. Over? Yeah. What's Over? Is it like a black metal band or something? Yeah. It sounds like a black metal. Band. I just I remember I remember. So I'm I'm pretty newly going through the Sopranos, and I do remember yeah. in season one being like the music taste of these children is <laughs> remarkably eclectic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they just clearly had a bunch of random shit that they got, you know. 
Ja. Ja, ja. En Meta Soprano is not, uh, not a black metal type gal. Ja. <laughs> oh, they're like an experimental electronic band. Yeah, but they started out as like black metal. Yeah. They, they've uh, changed a lot over the years. I feel like most of the OG yeah. Norwegian black metal bands have... They've either like doubled down and just kept doing yeah. the same shit, which yeah. like, I don't know. And then... Yeah. Or they've like gone in like weird experimental directions. Yeah. Yeah, I you mean, know? you know, Burzum turned into like a dark ambient project. <sighs> and then... Uh, Burzum. And uh, Dark Throne <laughs> started doing like... Uh, crust punk and then now they're like kind of like black and roll kind of yeah. stuff i i like their last few albums a lot they're all really i good. mean dark tone's always been cool yeah. Yeah. yeah um they're just cool guys but anyway <laughs> so so that's what it feels like with a lot of the stuff in the show truthfully is that like just in general it feels like it was rushed you know yeah. um and i don't know you know i i'm not going to be one of those people that stands out here and just like blames the writer director for everything like i you know i don't know i haven't done much digging into like you know, maybe HBO said, hey, you got to turn this around. You got to do six episodes. It's got to be this and that. And it just didn't work. Or maybe there were editing issues or what. Like, there's a million things that can go into a production that, you yeah. know, can turn something that maybe uh, exhibited one vision to something completely different. So, mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm all for giving the individuals involved, like, a certain amount of grace with that. But, yeah. you know... Isa Lopez is sort of the face of the show of this season right. and has been really vocal like about the fact that like no the show's good you're just wrong you're and just like, uh you're just misogynist yeah right and if you don't like it it's cuz you don't like women you don't like yeah. you know that I wrote this or this and that um yeah. and here's the thing some of my favorite things about this season are like the setting and the basic uh setup of the characters like I I yeah. like uh, the Alaskan night setting. I think that's inherently yeah. compelling. Um, I'm reading a really great book right now that was also made into a TV series called The Terror by Dan Simmons, uh, mm -hmm. who wrote like Hyperion and um, has written a bunch of like other like horror-esque and sci-fi novels. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's amazing and it's got a very similar kind of Arctic setting um, and it works really well for horror and even like a supernatural type horror. I mean, even yeah. there's a, there's a, a really tacky movie uh, that I love called 30 Days of Night, which is based on a comic book with Josh Hartnett. And yeah. I love that movie. I think that, that that setting, the idea of that works really well. You know, you're, you're isolated. Um, it's dark. Weird stuff starts to go on. So, like, that's cool. I love mm -hmm. all the inclusion of, like, the Inupiaq stuff, the protests against the mine. Like, yeah. on, on a surface level, I think all of that is inherently compelling and really solid fodder. Mm -hmm. For like a murder mystery or some kind of weird supernatural adjacent cult thing, um, yeah. so for me, all the issues with this are are execution. You know what I yeah. mean? I don't have any problems with, you know, I wasn't even mad to hear that the the they got rid of Nick Pizzolatto. Like, if only because it's like shit. I mean, it's an anthology series. The guy can't keep churning out bangers forever. Like, yeah. it's just not the way human minds work. You know. Mm -hmm.
So anyway, it, it, it's, it just felt like everything was rushed and everything was, um, I don't know. What do you yeah. think? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and so like it seems like what happened too is that like Nick Pizzolatto, he had like ideas for a fourth season of True Detective. Sure. Um, and uh, also I wonder if like they had to call it Night Country just because it wasn't him doing it. I'm pretty sure he owns the rights. He may. Because he... He wrote True Detective season one, and he's a novelist as well. Yeah, and he originally conceived of it as a novel, but then decided to make it into a TV show. Right, and then he pitched it to HBO. But I'm guessing he probably has like some ownership of it or something. I'm yeah, sure. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah. I, so my actually my thought was sort of the opposite. I almost yeah. felt like somebody had come up with a show called Night yeah. Country. And yeah. they said this might work as season four of True Detective, and so they shoehorned in like, just add some spirals and mention the Tuttles, and it, it, yeah. there, you, boom, there you go. It's a True Detective show. Yeah. Um, so that like the whole time I was feeling like this is like a different thing yeah. that was sort of, you know, maybe somebody you know bought the rights to the story or whatever, and then they're like, oh, yeah. this we could workshop this into, um, into True Detective, yeah. but maybe who yeah. knows. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I will say it it didn't stack up. Yeah. And then I guess we can get into more plot-related stuff if you want because yeah, it was – man, that it was sure it sure was a finale. And I <laughs> – Dude, you're fucking so goddamn stupid. I'm sorry, man. Like, so, <sighs> yeah. I mean, okay, so they spent like – and Evan and I were talking about this. We would text yeah. each other after we had both watched episodes every week. And yeah. one thing that we both were kind of baffled by – so I initially didn't realize how long the show was going to be. And in yeah. my mind, I just sort of assumed like 10 episodes. That felt like a standard length. Yeah, eight, all eight the other – yeah. Uh, first of all, that, that, that's, that's another point too. Fucking uh, uh, stations need to stop uh, stop doing this. This like shrinking of TV seasons. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it's things are getting slowly Shrinkflation, shorter. Shrink. brother. Yeah, seriously, though. For real, though. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Like, um, all the other True Detective seasons are already only eight episodes. And yeah. that works for that. But then this one was only six, although kind of mercifully, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was only six. It was six. Well, right. It's um, like, on the one hand, maybe they would have done more if they had a couple more yeah. episodes to work with. But at the same time, the first four episodes of the show, fucking yeah. nothing happens. Yeah, nothing at all. There's like no they, they, plot it, movement. There's no character development. Fucking, it's just like a bunch of annoying people. I actually thought uh, episode one of the ser- series was was kind of yeah. good, and like, but it it was it was because it's like it's setting up like okay, this shit happened. There's yeah. this station, this Salal station, and then yeah. they find all the guys clumped together outside in like a big mass of like thing esque fucking yeah. flesh gore, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, cool. It feels a little hokey, but like. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I think that's a cool ending yeah. point for episode one. They find these scientists. This is going to be a show about figuring out what happened on the station to nope. those scientists. They nope. don't give a fuck about those guys. No, that, they, those they guys just, literally they, are they, not- Okay, so first of all, the, they spend the whole time. It's like, oh, yeah, those guys are thawing out in a nice rink. And all of the rest of the time, they're just talking about two different old cases, yeah. which I didn't even realize were two different old ones at first. Wait, really? There's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's the one where that guy killed his like, right. girlfriend or wife. And then you're like, okay, well one of them and they're they're pretty much oh. hinting, they're like, It's it's Navarro. Like one of them yeah. fucking killed yeah. the guy. They they, yep. they talk about it as like the case that broke up the legendary yeah. Danvers Navarro duo. And yeah. you know, Danvers is now chief of police and Navarro is, you know, relegated to the troopers, which I think yeah. is I don't know, just a different branch, not investigative uh yeah, branch. Yeah, just of, doing beat stuff. Right. Uh, of the um, Alaskan PD state police oh. or whatever, um, but yeah, it, it, it's so there's that, and then there's the and Annie, then there's the this Annie other K old case, one, yeah, Annie Kotak, yeah. and that's like the case that. So okay, so <laughs> the first one, the murder suicide, yeah. the Wheeler case, is the case mm-hmm. that split up Danvers and Navarro, yeah. but the Annie K case is the one that split up Danvers and Navarro. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> because that's like, the one, Navarro was that's obsessed why I was like, that. wait, are these two different cases that they had falling out in? Like, what do you, like, what? So, because Navarro is obsessed with the Annie K case, because yeah. obviously there's, like, this notion that the mine in town is, like, oh. up to no good, and they're poisoning the water supply, and the local indigenous population is, is oh. you know, upset, and they're protesting. And Annie K was an activist who was trying to yeah. find evidence. She wound up dead, uh, stabbed a bunch of times, horrible death. And oh. that obsessed navarro but also simultaneous to that yeah i guess around the same time there was this like or maybe not i think there was a difference in years actually yeah. between these I, there was I don't um know. there was so that's like the ongoing thing and navarro even though she's not a detective anymore is still obsessed with that they find and, like six dead dudes and they're like no yeah. but we need to solve this other one yeah yeah. It's just like, well, and the thing is, if you now with knowing what we yeah. knew about the end of this, if they had just worked this case, yeah, they probably could have backtracked it and figured it out, yeah, in some way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but instead such a they were like, "Fuck those dudes. We're just gonna go back and redo the the Annie K case." Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the <laughs> so. They spend the whole time trying to figure out who killed Annie Kay. They've got a, yeah. they've got at least like a, a sextuple homicide, uh, possibly, yeah. and if not, it's just the, one of the most bizarre mass deaths anyone's ever seen. Yeah. And they've decided that this is the perfect time to to open up an old case, which yeah. again, not that that case didn't sound like it needed to be solved, but like, yeah. what about this case? It was like an eight year old case. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, so okay, so this happens. It's ostensibly, and we don't start to realize that there are, there are tangible connections between Salal yeah. Station and the mine until yeah. episode five of a six-part series. <laughs> yeah. But in episode one, Navarro is like, this, this is the same case. They're connected. And we're like, yeah. huh? And she's like, nah, I just know it is. It's, that's just what it is. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, and so we are expected to just jump on board with that from, from day one. It's like, yeah. all right. Well, it's because she... the tongue. The tongue's there. That oh, they just right. assume is Annie K's, though. Yeah. Andy K had her tongue bitten out. It couldn't belong to one of these fucking six murdered dudes. No, that's Andy K's tongue. Yep. Um, yeah, because it had the, the oh the striations from yeah. licking the net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, well, anyway, I don't know. I felt like it was a bit shoehorned, but yeah. Uh, yeah. And so then all of a sudden we're just like expected to jump on board with that, and then those guys come up periodically, but like not often. But one yeah, of the ways one of the that they dudes do... is somehow still alive. Yes. So they, they find they, him and he just goes his like, arm Rah! is frozen and they snap it off. Yeah. And he wakes up screaming, dude, he's encased in ice. Yeah. And then he comes back later yeah. as sort of a a ghost man in the hospital. Yeah. And he does the creepy like I can see you. Yeah. With the, yeah. And, yeah, and like, then yeah. just immediately dies. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And no one else sees it, of course, because it's, yep. we, we're supposed to be, oh, is this the latent Ill mental illness in Evangeline Navarro's family, or is this mm -hmm. supernatural? Uh, compelling. Yep. Like, I don't know. Even that felt really ham-fisted. Like, yeah. so they have her sister, who's sometimes, like, is just, like, working a job and is fine, but other times is like, I must kill myself in <laughs> yeah. the ice because the ghosts. Yeah. And so Okay, yeah. If, yeah, if we're going to talk about that, her like again, an insanely sloppy writing. Yeah. So like uh, so my my first bit of really sloppy writing that I liked was um they brought a veterinarian to yes. the ice rink to look at the dead guys. Yes. In ice and they say, "Oh, we couldn't get a doctor out here, so we got a vet to look at it." And then, like 20 minutes later in the same show, there's a fully staffed hospital within driving distance. Yeah. Yeah, like, and and here's the thing. So, I get it that there's and not only a fully staffed hospital, but like yeah. clearly a hospital that had like the capacity to treat like a severely <laughs> like ice burned man with no arms and legs who's on like yeah. intensive care. So like this isn't some like rural clinic where they're like yeah, we just don't thing. have the tech for this. Like no nah, man, they, they're that they're was doing a fully functional hospital. They're doing everything at this place. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. And there's nobody there that can, like, go out and confirm a cause of death. Yeah. And you know like, what I mean? It just made no sense. And then, so then they have this, um, when uh, eventually Navarro's sister kills herself. Um, uh, spoiler, I guess. Um, <laughs> but she, like, walks out into the ocean. Yeah. And is immediately found by the Coast Guard. And it's perpetual night. Like, literally, just, like, like she is immediately found by the Coast Guard. Yeah. And, like, the Coast Guard just, like, 
Uh, and then, like, she, so she had no clothes on. She got discarded her clothes, walked yep. out naked, and they're able to make an immediate uh, ID on the body. Yep. Yeah, they, fi- <laughs> they find her. It's it, the way that it's, it's framed. Within in the hours, show, she is found and ID'd. She's found, ID'd, and then, like, re- the body's returned, and then she's fucking yeah. cremated, and then she's yeah. buried. Now, or buried, like, uh, uh, dumped, dumped into the. Dumped. Yeah. Just sprinkled. Okay. Yeah. I guess you sprinkle ashes. Dusted. No, nobody dumps ashes. <laughs> And then yeah. they fucking chucked her in the ocean. And so yeah. the way that it's framed, now I get that there's this is, you know, however many days of night. But yeah. it, it, at best, they did it within a couple days, which is still yeah. unreal. I mean, barring the sea ice, like ignoring the fact yeah. that they're out on sea ice, you wouldn't be able to find an idea fucking body that drowned in the ocean here that fast. Yeah. yeah. You know, somebody might find it, but there's no way the turnaround is like, uh yeah, we're your sister and like she yeah. has it hasn't even been long enough that she's like calling the place like hey I haven't heard from my sister that just checked in, and she goes Literally, to the place and it they're was like like that morning they go back and they're like yeah we don't even know what's up with her yeah, uh, yeah I know and, she was okay, checked in that, here for that's being another like, thing too I'm sorry but like even if it's a voluntary if you're like committed because you're suicidal which she was that yeah. was why she was there like you 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 can't just walk out. Yeah. Of those clinics. Even if it's voluntary, like you like the, the doors aren't just open for you to like walk out. Like 100%. you're being you're on twenty four hour surveillance because you're fucking suicidal. And th- so another thing that that, uh, yeah. that that made me think of, and this is something yeah. that I've been a little more conscious of. So um, years ago I, I dated someone who was a social worker. Um, yeah. For, for the Department of Children and Families. And, yep. you know, something that was made really clear to me then is if you pay attention to it, um, those organizations, which are actually, you know, and obviously there's a huge amount of um, staffing issues and always Ooh. problems with groups like that. But theoretically, those are, those are groups that are in place to do something good in society, yeah. which is to protect children, right? Yeah. And... I don't think anybody's arguing that there shouldn't be, shouldn't be some sort of apparatus for that. Um, in, in fact, with a lot of the defund the police movements, uh, something people talked about a lot was we should have more social workers, right? Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. people should be handling even crazier cases. Now, yeah. first off, uh, social workers are massively overworked as it is, and they are yeah. like angels, uh, a lot of them, oh. that are doing a soul-crushing job. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the worst things you can be tasked to do is to go and take a child from their parents. Yeah. Uh and and so all this to say, um, those organizations are demonized in media constantly. Yeah. You uh-huh. never see social workers painted in a positive light in movies or in television. They're just not. Yeah. And so something that this that that sort of I drew a through line there. It's like just like the immediate incompetence yeah. of like a mental health facility that is ostensibly there to you perform just a function. Checked in somebody who tried to kill themselves. Right. And like. And you're so, like, oh, um, I think she's in a room. Don't really know. Right. Well, and I just think that there's such a, a prevalence of that type of uh, depiction of yeah. these groups that, you know, we especially as leftists tend mm-hmm. to lean towards, you know, expansion of in society yeah. in, in favor of uh, or I'm sorry, uh, as opposed to like, you know, funding more police. Why don't yeah. we have better mental health care facilities? Why don't we have more social workers? Why don't we yeah. have better training for these types of situations? And then at the same time, we're all consuming media that like, just goes out of their way to just be like, yeah, well, mental hospitals are fucked and social yeah. workers just want to take your kids because they don't give a shit about you and your life. And like, it's like, no, nah, anyway, it's just something that I have a personal gripe with and have been like mm-hmm. much more conscious of since that point is like depiction of these really important um, individuals and facilities in media. And yeah. again, it's not that they they should be, you know, immune to criticism, but yeah. You, you'll notice it's like there's never like a mental hospital in a movie that rocks. Like nobody ever makes yeah. a movie about like, oh yeah, I went and I got the help I needed and everything turned yeah. out okay. It's like no, they were doing experiments to replace brains with slugs. Yeah, you got like, Nurse Ratched who right. uh, dr- uh, who pushes a kid to kill himself. Right, and like that <laughs> needs to exist also, right? Yeah. And especially when you're talking about you know 50 years ago. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I just would like to see more, like, benevolent and effective mental health care and social yeah. work in television and movies. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, also just, like, a completely dog shit plot point. It's like, I dropped her off today because she was seeing stuff and wanted to kill herself. And you let her just leave? 
Yeah. And the guy's like, I didn't even know she and was here. the guy's like, here. wait, she left? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Um, and then another thing that I didn't like, and I, I actually would yeah. would push back against uh, Issa Lopez and yeah. her fucking uh, railing against, like, cis dudes for, like, hating on the show. Uh, from the fucking second this show started, the yeah. the main uh, indigenous actor and, and woman of color is painted as, like, this, like, fucking violent, loose cannon sociopath. Who oh, just, who's like, just tapping people up on the yeah, job. Dude, absolutely, like... Yeah. Is like completely unable to control herself and like has no chill and no yeah. true investigative. It's just like I believe in like the spiritual guidance of my people, but also I want to I fight and fuck. Like, yeah, it's like really. <laughs> so this is the this is the progressive writing about yeah. women and indigenous women and women of color that we're yeah. all supposed to look at and like just automatically be in awe of when like the one brown lady on the fucking main cast is yeah. just like a fucking violent psychopath. Yeah. Who oh, like, can't yeah. get her shit together? Like, I, like I, a violent alcoholic <laughs> yeah. a sociopath. She's just like walking down the street chugging Baileys and shit. <laughs> yeah, there, there is a scene where she cracks open a bottle of Baileys, pours it into a guy's gas tank, and then just starts chugging it. It's like Kahlua or Baileys or something like that. It's like, oh yeah. my god. Shit. Yeah, times are tough. Just swigging that right out of the bottle, huh? <laughs> and all that to say, I actually didn't have as many gripes about um that character uh yeah. as i think some people did like she yeah. was fine and like i thought yeah. that the i forget her name what's that actress's Cal- name uh callie reese callie reese yeah. um she's she's a local gal providence gal providence boxer yeah yeah um and is actually you know indigenous and and yeah. it's cool to see her in movie like I think she was she was fine and like mm-hmm. frankly she could be like the heir apparent to like the um uh Gina Carano who like ended up being a fucking lunatic but like she could have had a sick action movie career Gina Carano she made yeah. that one movie I forget what it was called but it was awesome she made an action movie Here, I'll, really? I'll find it right now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean uh, I know she was in the Mandalorian and now she's uh toiling in Ben Shapiro's uh uh movies yeah, she's she her career is fucking ruined. But uh, she was in a movie called Haywire, 2011. Haywire oh. was fucking sick, and you should absolutely yeah. watch it. And Gina Carano stomped absolute sack from like the first second that movie started. Yeah. And uh, I I can see like Kylie Reese doing shit like that. Like she's she's a good enough mm-hmm. actress. She could totally be like a fucking leading lady in like high intensity action movies, which you know I like, like The Beekeeper. Um, yeah. But, you know, maybe she lacks the finesse for something like this. Maybe not. But she didn't really get the opportunity because her character was written to just be like a fucking dumb. Yeah. Fists first. (laughs) Runs on instinct. Like, you know, like an old school hard boiled detective, but without any of the fucking cool. Yeah. And every character Mm -hmm. in the show is an asshole. Oh, dude, Jodie Foster is just insanely racist. Yeah, she's horrible. (laughs) She's a horrible person. She's horrible. And she's got no... Here's another thing, too. I'm sorry, but am I really supposed to believe that the characters of Callie Reese and uh, Jodie Foster are not lesbians? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they are very lesbian-coded. Well, and Callie like, Reese is a, not but, a lesbian in real life. Really? No, she's oh. married to a man and has oh, been for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Jodie Foster especially. So, like... okay, I'm actually going to push back against that because also I think Jodie Foster has never confirmed that she is a lesbian. I think she's probably oh. bisexual. Yeah. Um, but also, like, it doesn't really matter. But, yeah. We, I think you're just colored by the fact that Callie Race is buff and wears, like, a tight ponytail and doesn't wear a lot of makeup in the show. And Jodie no, Foster actually, is married I, to Actually, I just had everybody else tell me that about Callie Race. I thought Jodie Foster was much more lesbian-coded in the show. But every time I mentioned that, everybody was like, no, Callie Reese is definitely... But, no, no, no. Um, she's not. Um, but um, but or at um, least whatever doesn't publicly identify that way. She's no. she's married to a a, a dude. Yeah. Um, but then uh, Jodie Foster just like sleeps with like every single dude in the town. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so show. that I, that didn't like bother me at all. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get that. Uh, like I know that Jodie Foster is married to a woman in real life, but yeah, I think in almost every movie or every movie I've seen her in, yeah. she is not playing a character who is who's gay. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, and call me crazy, but I, I you know, I, I kind of there was a little something. There's something about Callie Reese that I was feeling. Oh, I think she's attractive. Of, yeah, definitely. She could crush my head uh, yep. like a walnut. Yep. You know, Gina Carano can too. 
before. I know, but so Gina Carano is such a moron that it like it yeah, made her less hot. She, yeah, I always did. thought she was hot too. I mean, yeah. none of them, none of them can hold a candle to my gal lean beef patty. But uh, yeah, that's my my all time muscle mommy. But I do, I do like yeah. a fucking, I do like a buff lady. But yeah, um, me too. but but anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so like Jodie Foster, she's just like this like insanely racist like yeah and she's raising a young inupiac woman you know her 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 deceased husband's uh father who she then had a child with i think that's what we're supposed to gather from that she's the Uh stepmother to this girl mother yeah uh and you know we learn sort of shoehorned in at the end that like and there's hints to it but that jodie foster had had a child that was lost even though in the flashbacks jodie foster is 50 but she had like a little boy who died Mm -hmm. uh and i'm i'm thinking so her so it seems like her husband was probably indigenous her husband was indigenous and she because when they show her son he he looks mixed uh and And he doesn't look like jodie foster i'll say that yeah and And then uh the the daughter was probably from a a previous marriage or something but the the mother is not in the scene right so jodie foster is raising this young uh inupiac woman and And she ain't cool with the inupiac she like and they're in alaska (laughs) and they're surrounded by people who are like yeah like we want her to like we want to bring her into the culture and teach her yeah. about the music and the the facial tattooing and the. And she's and like, "You're that. not putting that shit on and your fucking like, face. Shit off no daughter of mine's coming to my house it's, looking it's, like that." Uh, <laughs> and, and you know what? They're just all irredeemable. The only character yeah. that seems like he might be halfway decent yeah. is um, what the hell is his name? Pippin or whatever? Like the young <laughs> cop. Peter, yeah. Peter, but Peter it's like Pryor. Peter, Peter Pryor, not Peter Piper. I keep wanting to be yeah. Peter Piper. So Peter Piper. Uh, yeah. Who's like the young Pippin rookie dude. cop? Uh, he's like the young rookie cop, and yeah. he actually seems to be kind of a likable character, except from the second he's on the screen, he's like beset from like yeah. his, his wife who just it's hates just him. like not okay with him having to work late. Yeah, and so it's like so. Dude, here's there's the like thing. there's like six dead dudes. Yeah, this is a small town where nothing happens. Yeah, everyone knows everybody. Yeah. And you've just had six dudes die in like the weirdest way anyone can remember. And yeah. the first night that he's like, I gotta work late on this, she's like, You don't fucking care about me. Like <laughs> and they because No, they have you'll to, do anything that they, boss they have tells to you create to. that sort of drama where it's like, Oh, and poor young Peter Piper fucking yeah. can't do his job because he's ruining his family because cops ruin their families. Yeah. That made a lot more sense to me when it was like fucking Marty Hart. Like, running just, around and cheating on his wife and, like, yeah. roughing up criminals and actually ruining his family. But when it's yeah. this, like, nice young Slapping guy who's, like... his daughter in the face and shit. Right. When it's this nice young guy who's just like, I want to I wanna try to solve this big crime. It's like, fuck you. I, I'm, and then, I'm, like, the, episode I'm the young four, guy on the force. I'm trying to make a good impression. Yeah. And my boss trusts me. Right. And I'm, so they try to, like, kind of explain it by being like, A, like, Danvers has fucked every man in town. So, like, she's mm-hmm. wary of him working late with Danvers, which I get it. And then also, like, on episode four, randomly, they're, like, in bed. Yeah. And he's like, you never wanted to have our child. And she's yeah. just like, it's like, okay. And then they never touch on that again. No, nope, uh, never again. Never. No, she kicks him out of the house. And then yeah. just, like, right at the end, like, just, like, kisses him. She's like, actually, and, I understand it all. And you go, yeah. go get him, tiger. Come go, back to me. Go like, dispose of your dead father. Right. <laughs> right. Which yeah. I felt like that was never wrapped up i don't know i was kind of on my phone for the last 20 minutes of this like that's yeah. you know it's not a good finale of like a thriller no. show when i i man every time i watch an episode of the show i'm like in it for like 35 minutes and then i'm texting oh dude there are multiple pauses for me to just take out my phone look at stuff i'm like all right i still want to i i want to follow along i guess but yeah i need like five minutes to like look at stupid shit online yeah it's <laughs> it's, it's bonkers so yeah yeah, all this stuff just kind of added up to, and then then there's like this like supernatural. Is she schizophrenic? Is she seeing yeah. ghosts? Oh my god, that's dude, like the jump scares. Oh, the jump scare in episode, in, in episode five at the end of it was. Yeah. It, I, look, and I'm someone who I'm not one of these hardos who's like, oh, scary movies don't scare me. I don't mm. care. Like, whatever. No, I'm scared of them. Like ghost uh-huh. movies, they scare me. Shit like this yeah. has the serious potential to spook the shit out of me. And so and when I tell so you that goofy. every <laughs> single time they they made an attempt at a like a scary scene, I was fucking dying because of how yeah. stupid and ham-fisted it was. Yep. That one where she, they're like in the 
they find like the mine shaft where they find yeah. the heroin guy who what the fuck who cares about him he's just fucking shooting up smack in with like a christmas a frozen <laughs> mine shaft and with a, where he somehow has like a generator or something there to put up a well christmas it's in a tree. it's in a working mine i think they had their yeah. christmas tree okay. up so okay. you know what i mean like i think the miners had a christmas tree down there okay. but um He's just, like, huddled in the corner, like, doing heroin. And then, you know, Navarro has, like, a moment where she turns around. And there's just what is clearly, like, a plastic yeah. model of, like, a dead woman who I think was supposed to be Annie Kay or maybe her yeah. sister. I think I it was supposed re- to be her sister. Because um, it had, like, the blue hair. Yeah. And it was, oh, my goodness, was it just fucking silly. I, I yeah. really... And I had to pause it and re- rewind it, like, a bunch of times. And I was just Yeah, you told me laughing. that you were just dying laughing. It was so funny. <laughs> And then that brings me to another thing, which they did in that episode. I don't even remember what song. But they they did a thing that I fucking hate. And it's so prevalent in movie trailers and and movies and TV shows where they played, like, a a bunch of, like, weird, mournful, sad pop covers of, like, classic songs. And the best one. They have two different ones in the show. The best one was in the last episode when they tried to pull off, like, a serious and morose version of... A fucking uh, twist and shout by the yeah. Beatles, yeah. Because twist and shout, and then there was a different one uh, at the end of episode five. I forget the name of the song. But like, talk about a song that just doesn't need that cover or really work yeah. as that cover. So the, one of the tropes is that like in the station, the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off has been stuck yeah. on a loop in the scene where Ferris is singing that song uh, yeah. while he's twist in the parade shout, going yeah. down the street, and. Um, so I get why they picked that song, well, but, like, it just doesn't work. And they did that so many times in the show. And also, you know what? I'm not, like, some Billie Eilish hater, but Yeah, I was weird about to say, two different of, Billie Eilish needle drops. Yeah. Two very, different ones. Very, very odd choice of theme song. Yeah. I thought. Yeah, it's the main song, and then there was another one that played yeah. at a different time. And it's not really... Cr- it's, a, it's a decent song. I actually don't dislike yeah. the song, but I just felt like it felt like... What are we watching? Like Pretty Little Lies or something? Like yeah. what, what? What is this show supposed Feels very to be? euphoria coded. It felt very <laughs> euphoria. Yeah. yeah, and maybe they're looking to grab a new audience. Anyway, I know people that have liked the show, and I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I guess that's fine. Yeah. Shake it up, baby, now. Twist and show. Come on, baby, now. Come on and work it on out. Well, work it on out, honey. You know you look so good. You know you got me going now. Just like I knew you would Well, shake it up, baby, now Twist and shout Come on, come on, come on, come on, baby, now Come on and work it on out You know you twist, little girl Mm. You know you twist so fine Come on and twist a little closer now And let me know you're mine and then, and then you go back to season one, and it has the greatest needle drops in history. Yeah. The fucking oh dude, when they walk into the biker club and the history of Bad Men by Melvin's is playing, is just like so fucking sick. Even yeah. though it's even though it's anachronistic, because yep. the that was a 1995 album. That uh, album came out in 2009, but um, it's just like the sickest needle drop. There's the one at the end of uh, the first episode, right when uh. Um, I, I'm not sure the name of the song, but it's like, but uh, it's like right when uh, you didn't do a great job with that. I have no <laughs> fucking clue what song you're talking about. <laughs> but, you know the uh, song was like, <laughs> 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 yeah, 
But uh fucking uh it's right when uh um uh Matthew McConaughey just says, Well then you better start asking the right fucking questions. Like like it just going back to like season one, like dude, the first episode immediately just hit so fucking hard. Yeah, oh it's so good. Mm-hmm. And uh and so there's so there's there's uh Anybody that thinks that you shouldn't be drawing comparisons is a fucking mm-hmm. is a fucking moron. Yeah. And and I include Issa Lopez in that if she's genuine. If she's not just like doing what she has to do and like shilling for the network to like promote her own show cuz she wants to whatever be successful and I get all that. But like I hope she's not genuinely sitting here like yeah, yeah well if you like the first season. It's like yeah, everyone liked the first season. Yeah. That's why there was a second one and a third one and a fourth one, even though the second one underperformed, the third one took years to get out, and the yeah. fourth one sucks ass. Yeah. There'll probably be a fifth one. You might not yeah. be involved. And hopefully it has Nick Pizzolatto back. My, that, that was one of the first things I thought at the end of this. I was like, yeah. they might come crawling back to, to our boy after yeah, this. Yeah, because so uh, also that song is uh, Young Men Dead by the Black Angels. That was okay. the song. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, Nick Pizzolatto... Uh, he so he had come up with an idea. He said for season four, um, and uh, that he had talked to HBO about it, but they seemed to be non-committal. So uh, season two had almost the same viewership as season one. It went down over the course of the season, but yeah. like it maintained high viewership, but it didn't get great reviews. Um, and you know, I think part of like I like season two. You like season two. It's definitely gotten like a critical reappraisal. Yeah. Um, in the last few years, like it's definitely. But it, it, season one was just hard to follow up. Yeah, and, and season two, but so like season two is definitely connected to season one, and like a lot of ways, you know, like season one is you know you really like it, you you have this basically what could amount to like a whole blackmail operation going on with all of these, like, rich and powerful people who are in, engaged in, like, occult, like, sex trafficking. Yeah. Um, and then in season two, you've got, like, references to this weird, like, sex cult. It doesn't really get into it, but then all of these, like, public servants in uh, the the city of Vinci that are, um, like, corrupt and all that stuff, you know what I mean? And, like, where the end of the season uh, it, it ends in Venezuela with all of these, like, Venezuelans, like, partying in front of this mural of Hugo Chavez. Yeah. And so, like, like I definitely think that there are, uh, you know, I, I, have, I haven't watched season two in a few years, so uh, if I, uh, I, I plan to I'm going to have to rewatch again. season three. Yeah. I, I, I just rewatched season three. Season three is good, man. I okay. love Mahershala Ali. Oh my god, dude, he's so good in yeah, it. He's a fantastic actor. Like he, he, like, dude, his old man talk and his old man walk is so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but he's anyway, gonna be yeah. Blade. Yeah. Oh, if that movie ever gets made, yeah, it's in fucking development hell. We'll see. Um, but uh, and he seems to be very fed up with Disney at this point. Um, right. but yeah, no, and so like season two, there's definitely like there's you know still all this like whole like corruption. Uh, in the city going on and all these public servants and like kind of obviously like Vince Vaughn is supposed to be like an underworld figure who's like trying to make it straight and so like you you kind of you do get so uh that too but like a lot of people complain that it was like too complex or like tough to follow also I, I don't think you needed Taylor Kitsch in there really um Taylor Kitsch at one point was uh uh supposed to be uh, one of the new faces of Hollywood, and that never really panned out. Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, you got like four A-list actors in that show. Taylor Kitsch was kind of A-list at that time. Yeah. But then like Vince Vaughn, Rachel McAdams, and Colin Farrell, and like I think I think that was maybe just a little bit too many uh, main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Taylor I think the Kitsch, Taylor Kitsch character. Yeah, it's um, kind of useless. A lot of that probably could have been like yeah. melted into one of the other leads. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like there were things about it that were cool, but yeah, it was just it was a lot of moving pieces, and I think that yeah. probably threw people off. But um, yeah, but I mean, like, and so I would also say I think one of the reasons that that season may not be like quite as good as it, it wasn't like Nick Pizzolatto had more uh, was basically the showrunner of that, whereas he was like co showrunner for Carrie Fukunaga in season one. Yeah, but then it was like a rotating cast of directors. Right. Um, so you don't really get like one single vision for the direction of the show, um, and a lot of them are just like HBO staples, like Jeremy Padeswa and Daniel Sackheim and stuff. A lot of people mm-hmm. that did like Game of Thrones, and, and they do a lot of the limited series for HBO and stuff. And then uh, 
with season three, you get Jeremy Saulnier does a couple episodes, and he's the guy who directed the movies Blue Ruin and Green Room, which are both really sick movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick Pizzolatto directed a few episodes in that season himself as well. But yeah, Nick Pizzolatto directs a few episodes, and uh, there's like some other people that direct a few. And that one seems to be like more like cohesive vision. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I, I think probably California wasn't quite captured as a character the way Louisiana was in season one. You get yeah, a little bit more tried of that with to Arkansas. Do that, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree that it wasn't really um, successful. Yeah, and then um. Yeah, and, like, so season three was, like, a return to form in terms of, like, the critical appraisal, but it got much lower um, numbers. I mean, it came yeah. out years later. Like, it came out, like, four years after season two. Yeah. Um. But, uh, I mean, I, I love season three. I just rewatched it, and, like, just such good performances in that I don't know season. if I ever even finished it, so I, I, need oh, to, awesome. I need to watch it. Yeah. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. I know I gave it a shot. I know I tried. Scoot McNary's in it. He goes beast mode. Uh, Mahershala Ali, uh, Stephen Dorfer. Um, Stephen Dorf? Dorf, yeah, sorry. Dorf, I say Dorfer. Well, I, yeah, but I don't know if there, I didn't know yeah. if there was a Stephen Dorfer. I wasn't trying to be an asshole. There might be a no, Stephen no, no. Dorfer. Stephen, yeah, Dorf, Stephen Dorf, there's a Blade connection because he played the bad guy in the first Wesley Snipes Blade. Oh, yeah. And Mahershala go. Ali is going to play Blade. Yeah. I think they should do oh. a True Detective season with Wesley Snipes, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. what the fuck is that guy up to? Is he in prison still for, like, tax evasion? I'm not sure. Did he ever go to prison? I'm not sure. Where's Wesley but... Snipes? He's looking he's looking yeah. fucking weird. Really? Yeah, man. Just look up Wesley Snipes. There's these pictures yeah. of him in a purple suit that show right up on Google. And uh he's just looking Oh god. I mean god, he's sixty. Damn. Yeah, and I think he was always jacked. He's like a martial artist, and he was always in like really good shape. And I guess Mm -hmm. you know nobody can stay like that forever. Look at Carl Weathers, R.I.P. Yeah, Um, yeah, R.I.P. Carl Weathers. Um, But yeah, anyway, so um, uh, I don't know if you have any more thoughts about True Detective, but there is one other thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Catching up with an old friend uh, that we talked about a number of episodes ago. Uh, this is from the New York Post. Uh, I sent you this story. This came out mm-hmm. on Valentine's Day. Yep. Um, oh, a little, a little, little, little romance. Self love in the air for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, is, so, this is fucking uh, hysterical. Yeah. So we talked a few we a uh, few episodes ago, uh, sometime last year, about um, a Penn State professor uh, who got caught fucking his dog in the woods. <laughs> he was caught on Poor trail dog. cam, and like when the police came to like raid his house. He took all of his electronic devices, obviously, and he apparently, like, freaked out and begged them to just kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, well... <laughs> now we know why. Well, the, the, it, it didn't begin and end with fucking his dog. So, uh, yeah, from the New York Post, Penn State professor who begged cops to kill him when he was busted in bestiality case is hit with new charges of Ludax in Park. And, yeah, so uh, this man, Themis Matsukis... Um, <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> I guess, content warning, because this dude is a fucking animal. This guy is a fucking animal, He's not dude. just fucking animals, he is yeah. a fucking animal. Yeah, um, I, I think we might be able to claim that that wasn't bestiality anymore. Because <laughs> this dude is fucking, he's like, a dog. dude, he is, he is a wild man. Uh, so here we go. Uh, <laughs> he was just war- trying to get a nut, dude. <laughs> dude, in the weirdest fucking ways possible. <laughs> So, an award-winning Penn State professor arrested in a sickening bestiality case faces more charges after videos emerged of him allegedly engaged in lewd acts in a park, including inserting a tree branch and a lollipop in his butt. <laughs> they used butt in the article? Yeah, but it's oh New York God. Post, dude. Oh, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the Post is fucking killer. But yeah, he apparently, like, ran up and took a video of him running up a tree naked and just sticking a branch into his ass <laughs> so Themis Matsuka 64 was already facing charges of open lewdness indecent exposure sexual intercourse with an animal and animal cruelty after police said he'd been seen on video involved in sexual acts with a pet collie the chemical engineering professor begged troopers to kill him while saying the sex acts helped him blow off steam mm-hmm. uh, according to an initial criminal complaint in June 
Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, normal way to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, Matsukis has now been hit with an additional batch of similar charges for other alleged acts from 55 videos found on his electronic devices oh seized goodness. on a search warrant. They included videos of the professor naked apart from a ski mask, according to an affidavit obtained by Onward State. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, he was captured on video masturbating on a picnic table yeah. in a lake at the park and on Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources vehicles, according to the affidavit. Oh my He's just God. fucking jacking off on fucking park ranger vehicles. Yeah. Um... Matsukis was also seen climbing a tree while naked and inserting a tree branch, a Tootsie Pop, and the control handle of a DCNR John Deere crawler in his anus, uh, officials said. Uh, the accused perv also allegedly defecated in public areas of Rothrock State Forest and in a maintenance area next to DCNR equipment, as well as smeared bodily fluids on a glass table at a lease camp, Onwards, uh, State said. The gross footage was reportedly captured at Allen Seeger State Park, four lease camps, and two private properties surrounded by state forest land, according to the affidavit cited by the outlet. Uh, Matsukis was charged with two felony counts each of burglary and criminal trespass, six misdemeanor counts of indecent exposure, two misdemeanor counts of open lewdness, two misdemeanor counts, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, anyway, so this dude's just running around, shoving things in his ass and jerking off all over the place in, in, uh, in public. <sighs> The, the, I think they the, should the do a uh... naked except for a ski mask is so good. <laughs> I think they should do a season of True Detective where it's just about catching this guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you think it's like some like you know nefarious like uh, yeah. sex cult and whatever, and you come to find out it's just some freak who's like running yeah. around the woods shitting on stuff and fucking beating Jack off in weird ways. And like, dude, well, the, the, the part I where wouldn't he... want them to do the, the animal fucking. But... Yeah. Dude, the part where he climbs up a tree naked and just sits on a branch. Like, just up his ass. Oh, my God. God it's damn. too much. It's too much to handle, man. This life life fucking... can be hard. Yeah. yeah. Demas Matsukis. Yeah, th this dude is a fucking animal, dude. He really is. Yeah. The pursuit The pursuit of a nut is... Uh... Yeah, takes you to weird places. Yeah. Well, you can you could call him a squirrel the way he pursuing these nuts. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude. some rare some rare nuts too. Yeah. I mean, the likes of well, which I I've never experienced. Yeah, this I mean, tree branching yourself to orgasm is a dude. A you can't just beat off like a normal person at home. You gotta fucking be climbing trees and sticking branches. Yeah, in your ass. you can't just beat off like a normal person at home. You put your feet in the stirrups. You yeah. get out the old eighteen incher. You yeah. fucking you get the Crisco, yeah. you get yourself ready to rock. You do some lunges, light some, some candles, bends, light, light a few candles, candles get oh. some mood lighting going. Yep. Put on your uh, <laughs> put on your ski mask. Ski and mask. Get, to town. <laughs> get going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, uh, this, get this, saddled. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. I, damn, dude. Geez. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yep. Um, so anyway, yeah, if you've ever been to Rothrock State Forest, uh, you may have had a serial <laughs> masturbator running yeah. around you and you didn't even know it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note. Um, All right. Yeah. From from your two resident serial masturbators yep. to you. Uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, yep. And there will be links in the bio to uh, our Patreon where you can donate to the show um, and help us to fund future endeavors. And once we yep. reach a certain point, I think we'll be able to start churning out extra extra stuff because we'll yep. just it'll free us up a little bit with that, um, yep. with our time, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So and... patreon.com backslash left on red. Yep. Yep. And uh, let's see. You can email us. You can follow us on Elon Musk's X dot com. You can the everything app. The everything app. You can. Uh, you can. Oh, you'll be able to find information about our theme music, and you should go there and buy some of their shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, we'll be back next time with. Uh, yeah. Are you? Do you have something coming next time? Yeah, I'm working on something right now. Okay. 
Well, we'll have something for you. And thanks again yeah. for listening to my first seven parts of my Mongols series. Um, I yeah. know that I mentioned last time we're going to take a little break ski from that. Yeah. Um, and I know that like we don't always we don't release episodes consecutively anyway. But I just mean I'm not going to like be reading for it or working on it. I'm going to like start reading other books and stuff because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to get burnt out on it in the middle of a weird kind of uh, beat in the story. And I figure. Yeah. The death of Genghis is a is a good spot to stop. Um, what else? I think that's about it. I think that's about it, folks. Yep. Thanks again. Uh, we love you dearly from the bottom mm-hmm. of our hearts, and uh, yes. <laughs> we will see you next time on Left Unread. See you, Billy. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? Why do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Come here. Say it, spit it out. What is it exactly? Your pain is the amount cleaning you out. Am I satisfactory? Today I'm thinking about the things that are deadly. The way I'm drinking you down like I wanna drown, like I wanna end me Step on the glass, staple your tongue uh, Bury a friend, try to wake up uh, Cannibal class, killing the sun uh, Bury a friend, I wanna end me Expected me to make you my art and make you a star and get you connected. I'll meet you in the park, I'll be calm and collected. But we knew right from the start that you'd fall apart because I'm too expensive. Your talk would be something that shouldn't be said out loud. Honestly, I thought that I would be dead by now. Calling security, keeping my head held down. Bury the hatchet or bury your friend right now. Sell my soul Cause I can't say no No, I can't say no Then my limbs are frozen My eyes won't close And I can't say no I can't say no Careful Step on the glass Staple your tongue uh, Bury a friend Try to wake up uh, Cannibal class Killing the sun uh, Bury a friend I wanna end me Where do we go?